so what we have here is we've been doing a series entitled Jonah. We've been doing this for the last couple of weeks, and next Sunday will be our last part of our series. So we're in part three of this wonderful series that we've been doing. Um, I'm going to ask that if you have your Bibles, your phones, your tablets, um, you can flip open your apps. If you turn to the book of Jonah, the third chapter. While you're flipping through the book, uh, flipping to the book of Jonah, the third chapter, I'm going to pray for us real quick. Um, Dear God, I ask that you would open up our hearts, our minds, our spirits. I pray, Father, that you would bless our mind and our time uh, to dwell in your presence figure out and to, to wrestle with um, your desires and your passions and how you want to lead us and guide us. Uh, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us with uh, your thoughts and your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have the book of Jonah, um, the third chapter, I'm going to ask that everyone would stand with us as we honor God's Word, and we're going to read the book of Jonah, um, the third chapter, verses 1 through 4. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. This time Jonah obeyed the Lord's command and went to Nineveh, a city so great that it took three days to see it all. And then, uh, next verse, there we go. On the day Jonah entered the city, he shouted to the crowds, 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. Amen. You guys may be seated. You guys may be seated. If you're joining us for the first time, we've been dealing with and been looking at um, this story of Jonah. Uh, We talked about Jonah from chapters 1, 2, and now we're in chapter 3. We've been dealing with Jonah who hopped on. uh, First of all, God told Jonah to go in a certain direction. He told him to go to the city of Nineveh to share the gospel, to share the truth, um, to help change the people's lives. Jonah wanted no parts of this mission. He wanted no parts of this job. And so he decided that he was going to hop on a ship going in the opposite direction. He hops on this ship. He goes in this opposite direction. Um, he ends up costing all of these people their valuable possessions. And eventually, they decide that Jonah says, listen, in order for you guys to be saved, you're going to have to throw me off of this ship. They throw Jonah off of the ship. Um, this great fish, the Scripture tells us, grabs Jonah and swallows him. And for three days and for three nights, he's stuck inside of this great fish. And finally, he humbles himself, and he says, listen, I'm going to say, Father, I am sorry. Father, I ask for your forgiveness. Father, I have a rebellious heart. Father, I've been disobedient to you, and I am asking for your forgiveness. You have a mission and a purpose for me, and I'm willing to accept that mission and purpose. We talked about what if you and I are that Jonah? What if you and I are in a rebellious state in some form or fashion, or all states and fashions, however you want to look at it, we're in this rebellious lifestyle. Um, We're rebellious at home with our parents, we're rebellious with our husband, we're rebellious with our wife, we're rebellious on our jobs, we're rebellious with God himself. In some form or fashion, there is some kind of rebellion that you and I are dealing with within us, whether it's the full 100% of us, or it's that small secret part that we try to keep closed away. Regardless of what it is, we're dealing with this rebellious heart, this rebellious mentality, and so we are struggling and fighting to follow God's Word and His will, and we find out when we submit ourselves to God, when we humble ourselves to God, God begins to reveal to us the purpose and the desire He has for us. And we find ourselves here where Jonah has humbled himself, where he has submitted to God. He has said, listen, you know what? I've been rebellious. I've I've gone against your ways, and now I'm willing to be obedient to you. And so God takes this fish and spits Jonah out on the land, going directly where he should have been going the first go-round. Is everybody with me so far? We're caught up? Here's the key phrase I want you guys to remember for the remainder of this message. When we are obedient to God, dot, dot, dot. You guys with me? 
when we are obedient to God. This is what you have to remember. This is what you're going to have to say in order to fulfill God's will, in order to fulfill the purpose God has for you, in order for you to walk out fully in what God is calling you to do. When our hearts want to rebel, when our hearts want to fight against God, when our flesh wants to go against God, when we don't want to listen to our parents, when we don't want to listen to the conversations of our husbands or our wives or our jobs, when we don't want to humble ourselves in areas of our life, we have to remember this key phrase, when we are obedient to God. Sometimes we're going to have to say, when I am, makes it more personal, when I am obedient to God, dot, dot, dot. Are you guys ready? Here are these four things I'm going to share with you when we are or when I am obedient to God. Point number one, when I am obedient to God, people's lives change. Jonah 3 verse 5 reads like this. The people of Nineveh believed God's message, and from the greatest to the least, they declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. So Nineveh is this city of, of wickedness and horrible stuff happening, and Jonah decides because he's humbled himself before the Lord, he's going to do whatever the Lord's purpose him to do. And the Lord has Jonah spit, um, has, has his well spit Jonah out on the, on the ground, on the beach, and he walks to the city of Nineveh, and he goes in there and he preaches the word, which is totally different from what he did the first time when God told him, I want you to go share this message. A lot of times, you and I, when we are rebellious, when we don't want to follow God, when we don't want to do His will, we have all of these thoughts. When He's telling us to do something, when He's laying on our hearts to do something, when He's pushing us to do something, we start thinking about me, 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 me. How are people going to respond? How are people going to act? How are people going to receive? What am I going to do? How much do I have to change? Why do I have to submit? Why do I have to surrender? Is this just me? Is it just me today? Okay, only I deal with these issues. But I have all these questions. I'm like, why? Why do I have to do it? I don't want to do it. I don't have to be humble. I don't have to apologize to my wife. She's not here today. I have to say it now. I don't have to apologize to my wife. I don't want to. I just, all this, I don't want to. I don't want it to be me. I don't want to be a part of it. Why, why, why? We go through all of this stuff, and we missed out that if we are not obedient to God, we mess up the fact that people's lives have the ability to change. Jonah goes into the city of Nineveh, and he forgets all about me. He forgets all about myself. He forgets all about what I want to do, my purpose, my desire. He forgets about all of that, and he literally says, I'm going to be obedient to God, and he shares God's message, and it says that the people of Nineveh, who these wicked, horrible people, hear God's message, and their hearts are changed. Their absolute lives are changed because Jonah was obedient. We spend so much time trying to figure out and work about me, 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 that we miss on the fact that people's lives are changed when we are obedient. Like, 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 so what happens is it says in the Scriptures that Jonah, he humbles himself, he's obedient to God, he shares a message, people's lives are changed, and not just people's lives are changed over here. It says from the greatest to the least, everyone, the most important to the most unimportant that people would think of, everyone's life is changed because Jonah humbles himself. There are hundreds of countless people that are waiting for you to humble yourself and be obedient to God that their lives would change. Nobody believes me. Watch this. Watch this. This is where we get to be interactive. You guys ready? Uh, you don't sound excited. You guys ready? ready? All right. Everybody stand up for a second. Oh, my God. I know. Stand up. <laughs> turn around. Just turn around. Look at the seat you were sitting in. Now have a seat again. So what the heck was that about? 
I had a 1.87 in high school, getting ready to graduate. That's a D plus, doing pretty good. In 11th grade, my mother and father literally pulled me in the living room and said, what are your plans for your life? I was drinking my whole 11th grade career every morning at the bus stop. I'd grab me a whole fifth of Hennessy, fill it up with that big glass orange juice bottle, 32 ounces, and I would drink that every day when I'd hop on the bus to school. Every day. Almost been arrested. I've been shot at, have been almost stabbed, almost locked up, which is different from being arrested. That's locked up. It's a whole other situation. (laughs) And my plans for life, as soon as I graduate this stupid high school, I'm going to get a barbering license and go to Delaware and cut hair. (laughs) And somewhere one night... When it felt like God was knocking on my heart with all of my plans and my desires and all this great, amazing hair I had, just visualize it, all this great hair I had, <laughs> these dirty fingernails and foul mouth and, and alcoholic in the 10th to 11th grade going into the 12th grade, God spoke to me. He called me. He cried out to me. My heart humbled before him. And my biggest plan was just to get out of this house to go to Delaware because there's no state tax. My big plan. (laughs) At 18. And because I humbled myself, because I was willing to be obedient to the Lord of the universe, he put me in great places. He allowed me to know him and to meet him and to share his word in ways that people's lives have been changed or affected or impacted. Even the folks that are sitting in the very seats that you're sitting in or willing to come listen to a dude who in 11th grade was smoking and drinking his life away. Y'all catch the illustration? That when you're obedient to God, no matter how much you know them or you don't know them, he will put people in front of you that you have the ability to change their lives, even in the very seats you're sitting in today, to the people 10 years ago that I had opportunity to share God's word with. Why? Not because I'm the most great and credible speaker in the universe, because I'm willing to humble myself. God puts people in your lives that you are able to affect and change because you're willing to humble yourself. And until you humble yourself, you are not going to be able to leave a fingerprint. You're not going to be able to leave a positive influence in somebody's life like God would really want them to because you and I aren't willing to humble ourselves for the God of the universe. When we're obedient to God, people's lives change. When we're obedient to God, children begin to find the fingerprints of God because we're willing to put his fingerprints, not our fingerprints. We're willing to let him work through us that we can put our handprints, which are God's actual fingerprints, on their lives, and their lives change. When we're obedient to God, people that we'll never even know of, the people we'll meet somewhere over there one day in life, their lives have changed. I was super crazy when I started finding out this whole God thing is amazing. I remember doing Facebook posts a long time ago when you could do video on Facebook, like 2008. Y'all like, what's Facebook? Like to Facebook a long time ago. And every week I would preach this message on Facebook. And I did it just because I felt like I wanted to share God's word. 
And I would do these series on Facebook for three or four or five weeks on these messages. And one day somebody from Nevada called me. Understand, I'm a PG County kid. Somebody from Nevada Facebook messaged me and said, hey, can I give you a call real quick? And I said, sure. And they said, listen, I don't want to steal anything. Can we use your messages for youth group? PG County. What? And somebody from Ontario, uh, Canada called me and said, hey, listen, we don't want to steal without permission. Can we use some of your stuff for our start off for life group and Bible studies? Can we use some of your messages off of Facebook? Is that okay? What? I'm feeling like I just got to share a message, and God is using me from all the way in Nevada to all the way to Atlanta, all the way to Toronto. Why? Because I'm not willing to put me forth. I'm just trying to put God forth. I'm just being obedient. And when you're obedient, life changes. That's on a preaching scale. What if you and I are obedient in our households to God? Oh, it's getting quiet. What if we are obedient to humble ourselves when we're wrong, men, to our wives? Ladies, y'all, this is your chance to cheer. There you go. What if we humbled ourselves in front of our kids when we made a mistake or when, or when we just wanted to say, you know what? God blessed us today. And we put God first in everything that happened, everything that took place. Imagine the amount of life change that could take place. When we are obedient to God, people's lives change. Not only did did Jonah share this message in the city of Nineveh and people's lives change, but also something else happened. When we are obedient to God, point number two, leadership's heart changes. Jonah shares the message of God and the leadership's heart changes. Watch uh, verse uh, number six here. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robes. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. It says that the king's heart was changed by what Jonah had to say. It says that the king's heart was literally moved by what Jonah said. It's when Jonah preached the gospel in such a way that people's hearts changed, that leadership changed. We're so busy struggling and focusing on what our boss is going to say. Are they going to be understandable to moving my time around? I want to change my whole shift. Are they going to be understandable to what my wife is going to really understand my heart when I want to do this? My husband, are my parents going to really get what I'm trying to say? And Jonah's focus wasn't on leadership. His focus was being obedient to God, and when his focus was being obedient to God, God changed the leadership. We're so busy trying to fight with people in power and positions that God says, if you're obedient to me, I have the ability to change the heart of leadership. I'm worried about when this paperwork is going to come through. I'm worried about when this wife's going to get it, this husband's going to get it. I'm wondering when these kids are going to submit. I wonder when my parents are going to get it. And God literally says, if you just humble yourself to me and are obedient to me, I promise you, without a shadow of a doubt, leadership will change. It's quiet. Fighting. Fighting today. <laughs> He says that if you promise to focus on me, if you make it your, your will and your desire to be obedient to me, I'll change leadership. I've been struggling for eight years to get this thing to happen, and now that I'm starting to serve and humble myself to the Lord, 
Hearts are changing. Minds are changing. Conversations are changing. Attitudes are changing. Not because I'm worried about if it's going to change, it's because I'm trying to be obedient to God. And God changes. The, the scripture that says the heart of the, the, the king was the heart of the, the king is in the Lord's hand, and he changes it like the rivers of water. In other words, he says he literally changes the king's heart when he desires to. Some of us trying to serve your man with steak dinners and mashed potatoes and gravy and, 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 and macaroni and cheese, hoping that he'll change his mind. Only thing that's changing is his waistline. He ain't changed his mind yet. <laughs> and some of us, we're going to buy her everything in the world that we can because it's going to help her change her mind or grant me favor in this area. And the only thing that's changing is, is, is that them zeros are getting smaller in your bank account. And you can kiss up and suck up and do all that you want to do, and there still doesn't seem to be any change because our focus is being obedient to trying to make something happen that God didn't call to make happen or for it to happen that way. When our mentality changes, when our heart changes, that's when the conversation changes, that's when the desire changes, that's when leadership, that's when people in authority start to move their hearts because they see God working and they can't explain it, they don't understand it, but all they know is that something has to happen. Not because you did it, but because you were obedient to the God that can do it. Oh, that was tough. That was, I like that one. Y'all like, I like that one too. I'm going to write that down. Wait a minute, I was speaking, wait. <laughs> yeah, I was on the fly, like a little tape. <laughs> he said, we're not concerned about making it happen. We're concerned about the God of the universe that can make it happen. And when my mentality, my heart, my desires, my passion changes, not to change anybody else, but to serve and honor God, to be obedient to God, everything else around me will change. And so Jonah goes ahead and he preaches this message that changes the lives of people, a message that changes leadership's heart because he was obedient. Point number three, when we are obedient to God, life changes. Life changes. Watch verse 7 through 9. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. Keep going. There we go. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning, and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet, God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. When we are obedient to God, life itself changes. People's lives change, leadership changes, life itself has to change. What do I mean by that? If you look back through verse 7, it begins to tell us that the leaders and the nobles come together and they say, listen, no one can eat not even the animals can eat, not the flock can eat or drink anything. It says the way that we're going to process life is now going to be different because God has become real. The way that we process and do things is going to become different because now God is real. Because someone was obedient to God, has started to change the lifestyle of a whole nation. 
when you and I are obedient to God, we will see life itself begin to change. The way they begin to process what they're going to process, what they're going to take in, how they're going to view, how they're going to operate, their whole processing mechanism has now begun to change because they view and understand that God is tangible and real. And because someone was obedient, their lifestyle changes. We spend so many times trying to be the Holy Spirit and be the Bible and be people upside the head about how to change their life. You just go be obedient to God and live your life for God and watch a lifestyle change. <sighs> Man. There's five levels to dyslexia. Are you guys familiar with what dyslexia is? Dyslexia is a learning disability. There's five levels to a learning disability called dyslexia. There's number one, which is mild. Number five, which is severe. Dyslexia operates in multiple ways. Um, for some people, like me, who has dyslexia, the words and the letters move around on the page. So when you read a sentence that says, the cat was black, I may read, as the letters move around, the back was cack, because the B and the C changed while I was reading it, and so my eyes perceived it a different way. When we used to go out to the restaurants all the time, my cup of water would be right here, but in my visual perception, the cup was further over here. So when I would reach for my cup of water, what would I do? Knock the cup over because visually how I perceived things were totally different. So what I hated about school was what? Reading, which is one of the reasons why I had a 1.87. I was frustrated with what? Reading. Well, you guys are getting it, you're getting it. And so my dyslexia a lot of times determined what I was going to be able to do successfully in school and learning and X, Y, and Z. And so I hated reading books. I hated reading anything. I wish they had audio books and audible books way back then. Man, I'd be the smartest dude in the universe. I hated reading. So every day my mom would pray that I'd start reading the Bible. We grew up in a holiness church. I don't know if you guys are familiar with holiness church. Yeah, but I'll break it down for you, basically. The only Bible that existed in the holiness church was the King James Bible. They, if thou saith, lieth nateth, uponeth yeth. <laughs> if you added one of those in your reading, you were good. <laughs> Once in a while, you're good. And somewhere in 11th grade, when this life change took place going into the 12th grade, this dude that had a 1.67 GPA, this summertime experience where I heard the Lord knocking on my heart going into the 12th grade was when life changed for me. And the very first book I started to read, when everybody else was in the hallways playing around in September, I would be at homeroom reading my Bible, was this very small 1976 Bible the King James Bible. And a guy that's dyslexic somehow started to understand that they this vows with us cometh not this <laughs> surrender yeteth unto me. This Bible, in the most difficult translation you could probably read at that time for a dyslexic person and regular people, period, was like water. It was flowing. I could get it. I could pick up on it. I could run through it. It was amazing. Why? Because I humbled, surrendered, 
to God. I was obedient to God. I decided my life for him was more important than the life I wanted to live. And all of a sudden, life began to change. And his word at 18 and 19 became real to me because I was willing to humble myself to the God of the universe. And when you humble yourself to God, I promise you that you will have this life change that lets you know that you'll start to process life different. When you start to humble yourself, when we humble ourselves to God, not only does life change in the processing ability, but it also humbles uh, the process in the presentation of who we are. I want you to look at what happened to them. They heard this message, and all of a sudden, how they started to process information, what they were going to take in, what they weren't going to take in, change. Not only that, but their presentation. They put themselves in these clothes where they said, we are humbling ourselves to God. They put on this burlap, and they rolled around in these ashes, and all of a sudden, they said, my whole presentation is that I want to present myself totally different. What? I want to present myself holy. I want to present myself in a way that God sees me crying out to Him that I humble myself before Him. People that didn't care one jack spit, trying not to cuss, don't care one bit, (laughs) don't care one bit about who God is seven hours ago, have now changed their whole presentation to say, I want to humble myself before the God of the universe, because somebody was obedient to God. And in their obedience, not just the life, not just the people's lives changed, but their life began to change. Not only did they change in their processing and their presentation, but they changed in their passion Verse 9 says, and now I want you to pray that maybe God would save us, that God would forgive us, that God would have mercy on us. Their whole passion changed. Their passion from I want to do my own life, live my own way, live my own will has now changed to I, God, want you to have total reign, mercy, and grace on me that we may live for what? You. He says, when we humble ourselves, when we are obedient to God, lives have to change. Our presentation has to change. Our processing, how we take things in, have to change. Our passion has to change. That's when we are obedient to God. Watch point number four. When we are obedient to God, the Lord's heart is changed. Watch verse 10. When God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened. He looks from heaven and he sees this nasty, wicked, horrible people living their lives any way they want. And he sees how disrespectful they are. He sees how nasty they are. He sees how wretched they are. And he literally says, I'm so done with these people. I want to get rid of the whole group of them. And then he says, Nineveh, I want to give you one shot. I'm going to send this guy Jonah to you. And Jonah says, I ain't going up there. Like I can say, like we're just regular people talking. I ain't going up there. I don't like them. They don't like my family. I don't like their family. I hope, I hope you take every single one of them out. And to make sure that, that they get taken out, I'm totally going in a totally opposite direction. I'm not doing anything for you, God. I'm out of here. And God chases Jonah. He humbles Jonah. 
Jonah surrenders and says, I'll do whatever you want because you're the God of the universe and it's your will, your desire, whatever, have your way. And he goes in there and he preaches a message. And because he's obedient to preaching a message, people's lives change. And their lives change to a point where the God of the universe who was planning on wiping this whole city out steps back and says, I'd rather them live. I'd rather them live, even though his plans were for them to be wiped out. There are plenty of places in Scripture where God's heart and his mind is changed because of the actions of people or a person, because they're obedient and faithful. God, the God of the universe, changes his heart. He changes his mind. You're trying to figure out why things won't work, and God literally says, when you are obedient to me, when you are faithful to me, when you get rid of me wanting to do my thing, my own thing, he says, when you put all of that out of your heart and you just desire to be obedient to me, I will give you favor. I will give you stuff that you don't deserve. I will give you second and 88th chances. It's just me. Give you second and one hundred and third chances to get it right because you have a heart and a desire to be obedient. I'm willing to work with you. I don't know if none of y'all ever had bills before. Sometimes you had those bills and you're like, "Listen, I can't, I can't pay all that. <laughs> Just can't do it." So I know this is what you want. I would like to give you what you want so you can leave me alone, but I don't have what you want, and I can't pay it by next week. It's not going to work that way. So, would you be willing to maybe work out maybe like a payment plan? Can you do a payment plan? And for some amazing reason, they say, yes, we'll do a payment plan, and we won't even affect your credit if you do the payment plan. Does anybody else... I had no bill problems, that's fine. I'm just one person, hey, bill problem, we'll be a bill problem perfect together. Listen, he said, listen, he said, you got bills, I got, you got problems, we're going to work out a payment plan. We won't affect your credit, we won't affect anything negative about you, we won't show up on your credit score, nothing. We'll work out a payment plan. We're willing to work with you. And the creditor that was like, no, a month ago, past due, past, past due. Pass, pass, pass due. Y'all don't know about this, but back then it used to be like, it would be like a yellow, and a, it would be blue bill, and a yellow bill, and it was a pink bill, and it was like red final notice bill. Y'all, you, none of y'all know. Too much email, mail, bills coming in. But back then it was like four colors. And you could call and say, listen, before you shut everything off, can we make a payment arrangement? And they say, sure, we'll be glad to work with you. Why? Because... You humbled yourself, and you said, I'm not going to be too prideful not to respond back to the letters. I just, I need you to work with me. I'll work with you. Help me out. Can we work together? God is like, listen, if you just humble yourself and obedient to me, I can work with you. I don't have to close out the debt. I don't have to cancel it out. I don't have to say you don't exist anymore. He says, I will grant you favor. He says, when we're obedient to God, he brings miracles. For them, their miracles were that their life was spared. For you, that miracle might be that you get a couple more months on that past due bill. For you, a miracle might be that that husband's heart changed. For you, it might be that that wife's heart changed. For you, it might be that parent that's been like, no, 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 no. Okay, you can do it. <laughs> Some of my teenagers are like, what? That happens? Like, I'm about to start praying tonight. Listen. <laughs> They're praying tonight. Listen, God's heart can literally be changed, and he can bring about all of these amazing miracles. And these miracles, you may think, like, people got to raise from the dead. No, miracles might be that my wife is just nice this week. 
<laughs> a miracle might be that my supervisor lets up off my back. A minute late. That dude comes in 45 minutes late every day. Don't say nothing to him. A miracle can look all different kinds of ways. Don't skip over the fact that God provided the miracle. Don't minimize the miracle. Grace itself is a miracle. The fact that your, your bottom is in that seat today, after all we did yesterday, that wasn't pleasing to the Lord Almighty, and every thought that we thought on our way to church this morning is a miracle. The fact that you were obedient to push through seven raindrops in a cloudy sky a miracle. <laughs> All right, move on. <laughs> so when we're obedient to God, He shows His power through us. Can you imagine going to go share a message with people you absolutely hate and can't stand? Probably secretly wishing that you stumble over your words. Probably hoping that they will just fall to pieces after you share this great gospel message. And you sit back, and after you preach your message, you're like, all right, you're all going to die. And you start to see people's lives change. And you start to see humility. And you see it in their dress. You see it in their conversation. You see it that everything they They said the animals even had to wear burlap and sit in ashes. They took their center point canal and bumper stickers and slapped it on their mules. And they were like, our whole everything's changed. Bumper stickers coming soon. Um, they just slapped it on everything. Bam, we're marking up everything. Everything is for God now. We changed our whole everything. And in this process, life changes. And all of a sudden, you sit there and you can't help but say to yourself, God worked through me. I don't even like them. I don't even like me sometimes, and God worked through me. An amazing, amazing moment of humility and clarity has to come in when you realize that the God of the universe, even in my most nastiest and wickedest state, still decided to use me, and it has no choice but to humble us. It has no choice but to break us down. It has no choice but to allow us to fall back and say, this is the God that does great things, and he did something great, and somebody that's not that great all the time. And it was why? Because I was what? Obedient. Obedient doesn't mean, and being obedient doesn't mean that you're perfect every time. It means that you're willing. And God does more with willing than anything else. If you were perfect, he wouldn't need you. It's in our imperfections that we find, and he sees beauty in us. But some of us will never get an alcoholic in 11th grade. You won't get it. Some of you guys are just, you're really squeak clean. You don't get that. But I'm going to sit down and talk to somebody in the next couple of days. It's an alcoholic for four or five years, and they get it. And there's a connection. And in my imperfection, God is going to make that moment perfect that life change takes place. 
It's going to be you that lost the job, you that lost the baby, you that had the problem that we've lost, we've had upsets, we've had problems, we've had struggles, we've had bad marriages, all those imperfections. God is going to take them and use them, and in our obedience to serve Him, even in our worst, toughest, horrible, most disgusting moments, even in our moments to share how broken and horrible and miserable life looks, God will take that because we're obedient to share it in a way that brings Him glory. He will show how great He is through us, and we'll sit back and say, this is the God of the universe that worked through me. And I didn't change a life, but lives were changed because I was obedient to God. Man, if he could do that in one phone call, one conversation, one moment, I think I might want to try this again. And then my obedience, my will, my desire to me doesn't matter as much as being obedient to the God of the universe. And obedience causes life change. Here's your takeaway for today. When we are obedient to God, great changes or great change happens. When we are obedient to God, great change happens. I know that some of you guys haven't slept in the same bed with your wife or your husband in the last couple of weeks. And you think about it. Humble yourself. Go get in that bed. Might be cold tonight. You might think to yourself, what was the point? The point is you're willing to humble yourself before God. I know you can't say you're sorry. You have a hard time apologizing. Humble yourself. Apologize on your job. Apologize to your coworker. Apologize to your family member. You may have been right in everything that you said and did, but your delivery was horrible. You may have been writing every word that came out of your mouth, but how you said it was horrible. Apologize. You don't want to get those $5 up. It's not an offering thing for church. You don't want to get those $5 up. Humble yourself and get those $5 to whoever they're supposed to go to. You don't want to tell your mom or dad X, Y, and Z. Humble yourself. Be obedient. And I promise you, you will begin to see life change. It says in Scripture that Jonah humbled himself. He was obedient to God. And it says in our very first point that people's lives changed from the great to the least. It tells us in chapter 4 that Jonah sits up and he waits and he looks to see what's going to happen to the city of Nineveh. It doesn't mean that he saw life change instantly but the change was happening. Did y'all catch that? It doesn't mean that when he finished preaching his message, he didn't sit back and say, oh, praise, glory to God, life change. It says he went up and he sat on the top of this hill and he waited to see what was going to happen. And later on, he gets the results of what happened to the city of Nineveh, but change didn't happen instantly. Just because you and I are obedient to God doesn't mean that we're going to see a change overnight, and that's where the devil gets most of us because you tried it for a week. Oh, I'm preaching hard today. I'm sorry. Listen, I'm mad. Listen, woo look, I'm so mad right now. Listen, listen, listen. I know we got to get out of here. Listen, listen, listen. I want you to understand something. I'm trying not to kick over no chairs. I'm sorry, sweetheart. I didn't mean to. I moved you. Sorry. I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Listen, I want y'all to really get 
because you tried it for a week ain't good enough. I tried it for a week and it didn't work, Pastor, and so whatever. They no nah, change the change didn't happen overnight. You didn't change overnight. Y'all know I've been going to the gym for the last three weeks. Dude, I can't even, I can't, this right here, lifting, it hurts. You don't know. My desire to get in the gym is like way back to where it used to be a few years ago. Nobody knows about looking at me because change doesn't happen overnight. And so if your marriage, if your job, if your boss, if your kids, if your parents aren't changing in the next week, sit down and be quiet and keep working on changing. Sit down and be quiet and keep working on being obedient because change doesn't happen overnight. And some of the problems that you have in life, it takes time to get out of it. I'm going to always be in somebody's eye this negative person because of something I did seven years ago. It's going to take time. Sorry, I got mad. I'm sorry. Dude, stop tripping up like, we, it's been two weeks and nothing happened. I'm going back. To, shut up. It took longer than two weeks for you to get in this trouble. It's going to take time to get out of it. Mr. Bill Collector, I need months. I'm still in debt. Forget it. I'm just going out to Secures and we're going to the Hibachi Grill. Stop! It took time to get into it. It's going to take time to get out of it. Change doesn't happen overnight, but change happens. Sometimes God lets it happen quickly. Sometimes it takes us time. But your obedience is still needing to be obedient. All right, let's pray. Um, God, God of the universe, God that is real, God that is tangible, God that is so unbelievable to us, Father. There are moments when, when we hear your message and we hear your word and we hear you pulling at our hearts and you're screaming to us to be obedient. And it's even in these moments, it's like we're just struggling to go back and forth. We know what we ought to humble ourselves to. We feel the things we need to humble ourselves to, but we're not 100% sure how to do it. Let us just do it. Let us just be obedient. Let us just trust you, trust your process, trust your work, trust your power, trust you. God of the universe. God of the universe can save my soul, you can save my marriage. The God of the universe, you can save my kids. He's the God of the universe, you can save my mind from going where it's been going. He's the God of the universe, you can save my finances. He's the God of the universe, save me. Save us. We would humble ourselves before your presence. And your result may not be how we planned it. Your result may not be going down the path that we see it going down. But if you're the God of the universe, you will work all things out for your good and for your perfect things. Let us be obedient to your voice. We thank you. We bless you. When we are obedient, Great things happen. In Jesus' name, amen.